BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, Breath Play with the Monkey King. The Erotic Awakening podcast is sponsored in part by Lupercalia. Lupercalia is coming February 13th in Edmonton, Alberta, and will feature interactive workshops, play parties, and more. Find out more at lupercalia-edmonton.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law... We recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, as you mentioned, B is for breath play. And we have the Monkey King on to talk about that with us, which is great because I don't know jack shit about it. The only thing I know is I have accidentally knocked you out via breath play. That was fun, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I, I would have liked it not to have been an accident. That would have been more fun for me. So, yeah, we do, we do. We talk a little bit about the breath play and some of the dangers of it and why people do it and why talk about it anyway, because it is such an edge thing. I mean, if you mess up, someone can die mm-hmm. sort of thing. Absolutely. But, um, Monkey King goes into that. So why talk about it at all? Yep. Yep. And we also have a question of the day came in via the email and a little bit of other stuff. And that's pretty much it. Good. It's a well. It's a pretty pretty awesome interview, though not that long. So we'll probably go through our little contacts from people, and we'll be good to go. And there you go. We need to go to work. Yes, it's the early morning <laughs> podcast, which we don't normally do. Funny thing, this last is... night I went to the a. Um, you're familiar with the meetup.com. Mm-hmm. I went to a podcast meetup, and there was about 12 people there. Right. And I kind of expected 10 of them to be podcasters and two of them to be, I want to start a podcast. Right. And it was, it was actually quite the opposite. Oh, no. It was, I was there representing the Erotic Awakening podcast. The right. only other podcast there was the guy who runs the Muppet cast. See, I'm going to have to write that down because I think I want to listen to it. I think you do, too. <laughs> But it's, like really, it's really funny that the, you know, the two spectrums of, on one hand, we have the Erotic Awakening podcast, and the other hand, Muppets. Muppets. <laughs> they could be combined. That's how you get furries, <laughs> furries I think. Right. <laughs> but it was a pretty good, a pretty good time out there. Uh, it was neat to hang out with some people and at least teach them about podcasting. Nice. And, um, some ideas that kept us going for 340-something episodes. Right. I got to have dinner with Master Sherry. That's oh, always yeah. nice. That That's is on my calendar. Nice. So, yay. I hear that um, if you don't follow through with that, you have a bet to... That I ended up having to bottom for her at Winter <laughs> Wickedness? Yes. Um, so I hear. <laughs> yes, so I am making sure that's going to happen. Nice, I, nice, nice. I do want to mention to Fritz that, per your request, the ringtone is back on the website. Nice. <laughs> that would be the ringtone that we created of you being caned and making your little noise. <laughs> Got somebody in trouble in Australia. Absolutely. what I understand. And it's funny because we were just talking about that ringtone. Um, somebody said something and I said, be careful, you're turning into a ringtone. And then just the next day, someone's asking, where's the ringtone? It's not on the website anymore. So re-added. Yes. If you head over to our contact info on the very bottom of the 
website. Mm -hmm. uh, right below that, I've just kind of snuck it in there. Just snuck so, it in yeah, there. Yeah, so you have to be in the know huh? to get there. Uh oh, all right. Speaking of our contact info, you can contact us via Dan and Don at eroticawakening.com. The Got Comment form on the webpage, which is at eroticawakening.com. Or you can do as somebody else who did not give me permission to use their name did and send us a voicemail at 614-414-2072. And, oh, voicemailer, uh, I did reply to your question about us coming to Tulsa in, a, in the upcoming months. Mm -hmm. If you did not get that email, please write or call us back. But And I'm going to send you more information about that shortly. And we've been getting more FET mail mails, so people must be finding us through our FET Life group, Erotic Awakening, two words, and then just look at the owners, and that's our that's our FET profile, so you can write us that way. So lots of people writing about having bought the book. Mm -hmm. Like and, um, Secret Slave 72, as a matter of fact. Uh, nice. Oh, wrote, said she's enjoying the podcast, but wants the book, but just doesn't want to get it from Amazon. Oh, nice. Good, because we only make like two cents... Well, not even on the dollar. We make two cents <laughs> on each sale on there. We do have a, I'm looking at a box of them right now. So if you write us and want a book, we can absolutely, we have them on hand and we can autograph them and get them out to you. So just let us know. And um, how do you say that word? Ka yeah. Kayubai? Kayubai found us and is enjoying the podcast as well. <clears throat> I have a few, <clears throat> I have a few names me. to write down as well. And I will early take morning. care of that. Yeah, it's early morning. This is our uh-oh podcast. We forgot to podcast on Sundays. No. So. <laughs> I will not say we forgot. Um, as you know, this is not our job. This right. is our uh, hobby, I would right. say. And my job decided that it would like me to join it on its Sunday. Sunday, So yeah. I did that instead of podcasting. Uh, let's get into that question of the day. Okay. Um, that question being... How would you advise a sub... On approaching aftercare with their master or mistress. So we had a, somebody write in and say, hey, um, I would like more aftercare. Um, what is the appropriate protocol, decorum way for me to approach my uh, top, in this case mm -hmm. a mistress, requesting that? Right. So um, for me, I would just bring it up. I mean, if it's a master or a mistress versus a top, I mean, a top, I would try to negotiate that to begin with. Right. You know, that's one of the things that you have to think about, you know, know about yourself, bring it up, talk about it, you know. So, like, if I played with so-and-so, I'm like, God, I can't say so-and-so. So-and-so might be listening. <laughs> Sorry about that, master so-and-so. <laughs> so, you know, if I wanted to play with someone at Winter Wickedness, I would negotiate with them. Are they going to do the aftercare? Do I need something different? Or am I going to make sure you're available so that I can go to you for aftercare? Right. Um, but my... Now, let me, let me put a quick side note in there. Don't lose your train of thought. Uh-huh. We have a lot of new listeners, a lot of people that are new to the lifestyle. Right. Aftercare is the idea that after a particularly heavy, intense scene, mm -hmm. we cuddle. Or we connect sensually, we connect physically, we just hang out with the, in each other's space for a little while. Right, right. You just shared something intimate, so it's just a way of coming down and breaking yeah. off gently instead of walking away. Though I am hearing from some more people that they like to just be left alone. Yes. And so I'm trying to, um, me, me doing my introvert, extrovert study, I'm trying to figure out if it's the introverts that need to be cuddled or the extroverts that need to, you know, whatever. So, but yeah, after so care, how are you going to finish your scene? 
So with the question of the day, they're um, specifically asking about approaching their master or mistress. So just the way it's worded, it kind of sounds like they're in a relationship with this person. This is an ongoing thing. So there's probably two different ways I could, I could handle that that I can think of off the top of my head. And one is just to have a discussion with you. You know, um, there's some times that we'll do like a debriefing. After a scene, you ask me how it went or something like that, what I liked, what I didn't like, especially at the beginning. And that's where I could speak up and say, you know, I'm thinking I'd like a little more aftercare. Mm -hmm. So, you know, or something like that. Or, um, or I'd do something in writing. You know, I think writing would be great as well. You know, maybe um, the way I would word it would be, well, I don't know off the top of my head, but sir, what a great scene. You know, but I'm finding at the end that I'm crashing a little harder than I'd like. So maybe a little more aftercare or, you know, something like that. But I would definitely bring it to bring it to their attention from a <clears throat> from a tops perspective. Let mm -hmm. me just say as a master or a mistress, uh, I would find it quite annoying if you did not bring it to my attention. I want to know. Right. doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Right. I might say, well, that's too bad. Or I might say, well, then um, you'll have to <clears throat> we'll have to bring over Susie. And she can be your cuddle buddy because I mm -hmm. don't do that. Or I might just say, well, good. I actually like aftercare. I don't know. But what I would do want, I want your desires to be known to me. Doesn't right. mean I'm going to act on them. Doesn't mean I'm going to grant them. And if it's a protocol situation, you can always start off almost anything with uh, either sir or, in this case, ma'am, with all due respect, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Uh, it's simple as that. Right. Don't be afraid to bring it up. You know, the worst thing you can do is not bring it up and find out later that, you know, they're, they're annoyed that you didn't bring it up. If they're annoyed that you brought it up, um, I find that unnecessary to be annoyed that somebody brings up something. Right. It's not a control. It's not a do this. It's a, sir, with all due respect, I would enjoy more aftercare after our scenes. Mm -hmm. Oh, so noted. I may or may not respond. I right. may or may not give you that. But I want to know it. I like being aware of that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And usually you would actually ask... Um, or my experience has been, you would actually ask, and what do you envision with that? Yes. What does yes. that mean to you? That's a great point, right? So. Because you might think, I might be perceiving that as, oh, so after sex, you want a blowjob? Is that what you're saying? No. And you might be saying, no, no, I just want, you know, what I perceive is I just want to be cuddled in a blanket and held for a little while and get my cry on. Right, right. Or you bring the candy bar. Here's your aftercare. Yes. Here's the extra. Have a candy bar. So speaking of which, and I know that you and I, uh, don't normally get into the big political topics. Mm -hmm. We don't get into these, what I like to call these social justice trending items. Right. I, I actually uh, am not a big fan of the Facebook for just that purpose. I, I had no clue that some of my friends are into certain things, and then I find it um, besides the point, right? But So I actually ended up posting this to Facebook, one of the political, one of the social justice things that is really important. The... <laughs> Uh, Hershey Company blocked. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Yes, the Hershey Company, the chocolate company, blocked Cadbury from coming from the UK and bringing their chocolate in to that the is so States. amazing. Hershey's doesn't even use chocolate; it's like corn syrup and flavoring. It's um, <laughs> yeah, the the number one item ingredient for a Cadbury chocolate bar is what do you think it is for Cadbury? Yes, probably chocolate. It's milk. Milk. Okay. For a Hershey. Chocolate bar, what do you think it is? Water or sugar? Sugar. Sugar. Yes. Yeah. 
So uh, to all my Canadian friends that I'll see shortly, I will be eating your Cadbury's and your delicious Smarties, which are not the powdery, chalky things that we eat, eat here in the United States. Indeed, indeed. So, yay! Um, <laughs> well, that was quite the segue, quite the little rant Sorry. there about chocolate there. But it's about chocolate. Yes, so there's your <laughs> aftercare things. and there's your chocolate. Uh, we have another question of the day for next week, but nothing beyond that. Feel free to write in. Oh, absolutely. You know, when we get into 300 and some shows, coming up with questions yes. of the day can be a little challenging, but we still like to um, answer them because it's actually a little challenging for us. We have to think about things and we think about them differently. You know, me from slave and Dan as a master. So you get two different views. And it's funny that that was one of the topics in this podcast meetup yesterday. Mm -hmm. How do you keep coming up with original content? Right. Um, the funny thing is, for you and I, because our content is based on experience, right. we've changed in the 10 or so years right. that we've been together. And we've changed in the four years that we've been doing the podcast. Uh, the idea before of people saying... You know, oh, I don't do aftercare. Right. Was very insulting to me mm -hmm. four years ago. Now, I have a different perspective of it, right? Right. The idea that somebody wants to be beaten to a pulp and, they're and resists, I don't want aftercare. I want to be left in a corner by myself right. to sit in my sorrow. Right. It's like, and oh, then, my God, is that okay? But right. Yeah, and then I'll rebuild myself and it will be okay in a little while. So, actually, aftercare <laughs> would be too much, too much energy for them. Yes. Uh, we do have a new subscriber to the p newsletter, Mocha from Columbus, Ohio. Is that I, somebody we know? Uh-huh. I know her. Oh. So. Do I know her? Probably not. So. I bet I do. Maybe. She comes to MPC and she comes to another round table. So. Have I ever seen food on her boobs? I don't think so. She's well, there you new. Go. Well, how am I going to recognize her? Then? <laughs> uh, and other than that, I do want to mention that last week we did this podcast on age. In, right. Um, and I really expected to get more shit from our so listening audience I. than that. But we got some really interesting stuff. We did get some interesting stuff. But I, And if you have shit to send us at any of our topics, you think we're full of shit, I, we always welcome those comments. Mm -hmm. That's how and we we'll, learn. And we'll respond by saying... Thanks for sharing your viewpoint. Would you like to come on the podcast and right. share it some more? <laughs> and not in an accusatory mm -hmm. or adversarial way because we don't care that much. Right. Right? There's, there's, I'm just not convinced that I'm right about anything. No. All we have is our experience, and that's what we share about. So, right. you know, so we don't really do a lot with theory. So if you have a different experience, we'd love to interview you. So that'd be great. Absolutely. It, it, it enlarges our world. <laughs> it does indeed. But uh, to our age podcast, someone wrote in and said, my mistress and I are the same age, but master is much older. Um, and they talked about why it works for them. Right. You know? And we're and it's talking just, much older. Yeah. And yeah. looking at the situation and why it works for them, mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's really interesting. It is. And it absolutely, a uh, very neat situation for them, and very neat situation for a lot of people. It works for different people for a variety of reasons. Uh, I know... From both spectrums, right? Mm -hmm. And now you see the, and I don't want to get into the old age thing again, uh, but sometimes you see it the other way as well, where the submissive is significantly older than right. the leader in the power exchange relationship. Right, we have seen that as well, So, and it works for them. There you go. So um, before we get into the interview, this is really fucking exciting. We've told the story before how we've gotten started in podcasting. One mm -hmm. day, uh, Grey Dancer from Ropecast oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. came over and stuck a microphone in our face. And, and said, asked us about the Kadishti blanket. He did indeed. And um, 
he has the and he currently has the longest running kink podcast on the interwebs. Nice. Um, recently, you can hear f- more from uh, Great Answer on both the Passion and Soul podcast on the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network, as well as the Fearless Submissive podcast on the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network. Nice. But now. But now, dun, 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 you can hear <laughs> Great Dancers Ropecast on the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network. Yay. So we are, as a matter of fact, it's so funny because it's, I actually, the subject line that I wrote was. I saw that and I had to read the email. <laughs> uh, we are, we, you Your already steak. have steak, but I want to offer you hamburger. And just implying that, look, you've already got the longest, most popular, well known podcast in the mm-hmm. King community out there. Uh, but you want to join our little family? And uh, he was quite uh, enthusiastic about the reply, uh, about the idea, and boom, just like that, it's happened. And he wants to know if there's going to be T-shirts. I want T-shirts again because we wore out our old T-shirts. I can just see everybody wearing their Erotic Awakening Podcast Network T-shirts and doing their presentations and stuff. It'd be I, so awesome. Yes, that would be awesome. I'll if you would them. like to be, because uh, I, I don't know how to make that happen, <laughs> if you would like to be the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network T-shirt sponsor, Write me, and we'll make oh, that happen somehow. That and would be awesome. All eight, yes, eight of our podcast will say how awesome you are, and we'll all wear our t-shirts together. And then and we'll have a contest, and we'll get more out there. Uh, you love contests. I do. We haven't done one in a long time. No, we haven't. <laughs> uh, do we have anything in the prize closet that we should give away? T-shirts. We don't have any fucking t-shirts. <laughs> That's the point. We still have some CDs. All right. So the uh, what what kind of contest would you if you've made it this far into the podcast and even though you've been waiting to listen to breath play, and we don't take a breath, I don't know. <laughs> if you can, oh, how about the first person to write in and say I'm a contest winner? Oh, I like that. Okay, boom. Okay, they want a CD. They want a and CD. And a T-shirt later. <laughs> no, <laughs> if we ever come up with a fucking T-shirt. <laughs> Any illusions of T-shirts uh, are still illusions at this time. So, so breath play. We'll get Shouldn't you go. mention that other thing first? Oh, I should probably mention that other thing first. Hold on just a second. Here we go. Only two pages of notes today. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Winter Wickedness is coming up in two weeks. I hear they're almost sold out. This is a hotel takeover, so uh, two dungeons and food at night and just lots of party time. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. Interesting thing about the old breath play. Um, mm-hmm. For a while, I remember a couple of years ago, and maybe it's still the fact, but Jay Wiseman, very well-known author in the community, mm-hmm. presenter, been around Really, since the beginning of, uh, at least of Het BDSM. Right. I'll say, is, is be- I mean, the beginning beginnings, right? right? Um, for a while, he was getting a lot of shit because he, he was misquoted as saying that breath play was never a safe form of play. And right. nobody should do it. Right. And it was interesting. And, of course, oh, well, I heard that he said that was mm-hmm. what people would say. I literally was sitting with him and asked him about that. And what he said was... That what he said, his experience is this. Now, what he does, a lot of times he'll be asked to sit on um, trials as a, what do you call them, guy? Expert witness. Expert witness, right. What he said was, I've been called to do uh, an expert witness at a trial for breath play related deaths, Mm -hmm. more so than any other BDSM activity. Right. Now, if you take that to mean... 
he's judging breath play, mm-hmm. uh, then I think that you are not hearing what he is saying. Right. He's saying he's not making a judgment at all. He's making a, a reference to his experience. Mm-hmm. He is saying, in my experience, this is this is what I experienced. Right. Um, so, the summary of all that: breath play, dangerous. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking dangerous. Right. It is one of the more dangerous, more edgy, like you said, styles of BDSM. It absolutely is because you are literally cutting off somebody's way to breathe or you're messing with their um, blood flow to their brain. So regardless. Which is probably how I accidentally knocked you out. It is. I think you were going for the throat and instead you hit the the artery. Mm -hmm. And because it was an instant blackout, I couldn't even read you. It was, yeah. boom, done, down. Whoa! So, yeah. <laughs> Though I woke up with a smile on my face and water. Somebody trying yes. to feed me water. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, I asked Monkey King, you know, why even talk about it if it's so edgy and it's so dangerous? And there's a lot of things that we do in BDSM that is very dangerous, mm-hmm. which is why we have so many skill classes trying to teach people how to do it, you know, skillfully if they're going to do it. And um, the, the thing is, is that people are going to do it regardless. You know, people are going to do it regardless. Warn them how dangerous it is. Have the classes to warn them how dangerous it is. Warn them, you know, teach them how they can at least try to do it safely. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, things like that. But, you know, the breath play classes I've had, there was one at Monkey Puzzle Club that was done by a nurse. Another one that was done at Monkey Puzzle Club by Monkey King. Mm -hmm. And they were very much about the safety and this is what could go wrong and that's what could go wrong. And, you know, and very much about that. And I actually enjoyed that part of it because I like breath play. Mm -hmm. You know, I will only do it with people that I absolutely trust. And it's not like I'm going to put myself up on an auction block for a Dom Sub auction and go, woohoo, I like breath play. Who wants to buy me? You know, because I have no clue that they know what they're doing. And even if they know what they're doing, martial arts background, you know, don't want to hurt me at all. Accidents can still happen. Oh, sure, sure. So, but, um, but I do like it. It has something to do with that power over me. Yeah, we do thing. some very, we do some, some light, I guess what you would call light breath play. Mm-hmm. I'll cover your mouth and your nose for a moment. Mm-hmm. I'll wrap my hand around your throat without actually putting any pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like, to me, that's kind of like knife play, right? Where with right. a knife, when you do knife play, you don't actually cut skin. That's the cutting. That's a different style of play. Right. Uh, but it gives you the illusion that, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what, for you and me, that's the kind of breath play that we do. Right. So, and I like the fear play. And I that's like part of fear. it, I guess. Yeah. I do. And I'm claustrophobic. So having your hand over my nose and mouth. So, yeah, I just, I like that. And But like I said, I'm not just going to randomly do it in a scene. So, I don't know. We'll hear more from Monkey King. We will. So I'm sitting here with Monkey King at the Monkey Puzzle Club where we're getting ready to start a class. And I got a chance to attend one of your breath play classes. Mm-hmm. And we've had people ask questions about it. And Dan and I don't know that much. So I thought I would bring you on and ask you a couple of questions. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So I guess the first thing I'm going to ask is, what is breath play? Because some of us hear of that sometimes, but I don't know that we really know what it is. Breath play encompasses a number of different options. Mm-hmm. Um, within those, there are things like shared breathing. There are things like uh, choking someone out, either via 
uh, removing oxygen mm-hmm. or the ability to take in breath or cutting off the blood supply to the brain or cutting off the blood supply from leaving the brain. Um, all of these and more, you know, and gas masks. Ooh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that also deals with claustrophobia, not right. just breath play. Right. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, there's a, lot, a huge variety of options involved in this, and all of them have their own particular set of dangers or things to watch out for. So would you call this edge play? Very, very much so. That's... Uh, as I say often during my class that I teach a lot, uh, breath play is dangerous. The choice you're making here is risking death. Um, as the top involved, the choice you're making here is risking going to jail. Because oh, true. whether or not you were you know, engaged in someone who really wanted you to do this, mm-hmm. if they die, you're not going to be looked upon favorably. That is very true. So, okay, so there's a little bit of the horror (laughs) of edge play. So, and and I say this liking it myself, though I probably should admit to that. So what do you find erotic about breath play? I mean, I would think if you're using it in your BDSM play that you would find it erotic on some level. I do. Okay. Uh, More often than not, the reaction that I'm looking for is I love the look on their face when they get up and ask me to do it again. Mm. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. When they open their eyes and realize that they're in the room again and look at me and go, do it again. <laughs> I've done that before. So, <laughs> so what would you say would be some of the stuff? Because um, well, I have a couple of questions for you. So first of all, this is edge play, mm-hmm. right? Risk of death. A lot of the stuff that we do is risk of death. So, yeah, that's why we sign those release forms at the beginning of events. And um, so a lot of people would say that we shouldn't be teaching this at all because it's advocating it. So why teach about it? As an educator Mm -hmm. and as someone who's been doing this for a number of years, I've been a martial artist for over 25 years now. And as someone who knows how to do this and has part participated in learning how to do it safely (laughs) it's my job to make sure that other people know how to do it safely because they're going to do it whether or not we teach them how or not Mm -hmm. and if we don't teach them how they're gonna kill each other right so that's very true that's very true so hmm, if you had to think of a top few things that you would advise people how would you advise them to be safe or what to look out for or uh, I want to say how to start, but I don't know if I'm the advocate for it at that point, you know? So I guess what to look out for or things like that. Well, as far as a place to start and what to mm-hmm. look out for, I would start just by holding your breath. Okay. Just hold your own breath, see how long you can do it before that panic sets in and before you just have to open your mouth again, and then see how your body feels afterwards. If you feel particularly lightheaded just holding your breath... Either that means you have a particularly strong will, or it means you might need to go check out your doctor and make sure that they think you're up for any sort of activity of this nature. Mm-hmm. Um, even then, it's really hard to be aware of all the potential dangers. You could have a piece of plaque waiting in a vein, just sitting there until someone dislodges it, and then you're going to have a stroke. Right. But at the same time, 
as long as you have a general clue as to your overall health, mm-hmm. and you think you're up for this, then you can engage in it. It's all about personal choice, and we do a lot of that in King. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that was my other question, is um, do you think it's any more dangerous, and I know that's, uh, you know... Relative terms. Right, that. right. So, any more dangerous than, say, like, fire play, or some of the other edgy stuff that we do? In the case of fire play, mm-hmm. if the worst was to happen and everything goes wrong... You may be horribly scarred, but you're right. likely to still be alive. Mm-hmm. Be that you know the case, breath play, if everything goes wrong and it's the worst mm. thing you could imagine, you're mm. dead. Right. So I'm still going to rate this on just slightly above most other things mm-hmm. for that reason alone. Of everything that we do, maybe, like, if you're going to rate the worst case scenarios... Rope suspension, um, not much else, really. Right. Like worst case scenarios equals death. There's only really a couple of things that we do that go that far. Yeah, so that is very true, but it's still fun. Um, <laughs> so pretty much know that it's risky and know what mm-hmm. your risks are. So um, I would highly recommend taking a class on it and studying about it and right. things like that. And so. then start slowly. There are ways to go about this where you ease your way in and see how everything feels along the mm-hmm. way. Don't go in and ask someone to choke you out the first time you've ever tried breath play. Yeah, I, w- I would want to uh, trust the person first. Make that sure too. I trust them. Uh, work up to it, and yeah, a little bit, little bit at a time. Because um, I know I've played with somebody before mm-hmm. that trust implicitly, and they still drop me by accident, yeah. as in thought they were going for the windpipe mm-hmm. and hit the the vein instead, and poof. Now. I woke up with a smile on my face. <laughs> they were freaking out. So, <laughs> you know, because you have to watch your surroundings. I was near a pool table. Right. If I'd have fallen the wrong way, right. you know, so. And but, sometimes um, people will catch you off guard. There's a couple of people I thought they weren't going to go out. And as soon as I let go, they dropped. Right. I still had a hold of them with my other arm, but it right. was a good thing I did. <laughs> right. Well, you were saying that um, during the class, if I remember right, I think you were saying that you like to do it with them standing up. More often than not, of, I tend to, just yeah. because I like to have that sense of their knees have gone out. Oh, yeah. Because at that point, I know exactly when to let go. Whereas if they're sitting down, mm-hmm. it's easier if I'm facing them, if I can see into their eyes. If I'm behind them and they're sitting down and there's really no way for me to tell other than their shoulders have gone limp, Right. that's a lot of additional awareness that I need to be sure I've got and that there are no distractions in the room. Like if I'm alone with somebody and we're doing this perfectly cool. Oh, there's probably a lot of intuition and and energy connection. Yeah. And if we're at a play party with all of the loud music and everyone playing around Mm -hmm. us, that's just rough to manage. Yeah. Yeah. So you said that, um, if you could look in their eyes and Mm -hmm. I've had someone tell me that my eyes change once. So what kind of happens? Because I have no clue. Can you describe it? 
More often than not, mm-hmm. and this is absolutely a more often than not scenario because everyone's going to react a little bit differently. Right. But more often than not, the eyes will start to droop a little bit. It's almost like they're falling asleep, oh. but not quite. Like they'll stay okay. open just that tiny bit. Sometimes mm-hmm. the eyes will roll back in the head, sometimes they won't. Um, but it's the first sign of that loss of consciousness where the, the eyelids will start to droop, the face will start to droop, the cheeks, the mouth will hang open. Um, it's, the face is more clear telltale sign okay. of that no longer holding tense. Mm, okay, I get that. Because we hold a lot yeah. of tension just in general, staying awake and aware of our surroundings. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we are no longer awake and aware of our surroundings, and especially in such a sudden case, right, right, it's uh, the face is very apparent when you watch. Poof. <laughs> Sometimes that's how fast it is. Poof. Yes. <laughs> so be careful what you're doing. Now, I know as as a submissive, I'm really putting my life into someone else's mm-hmm. hands, which is why I say trust, trust, trust. But um, you know, as as a dominant, I'm. I bet you sometimes there's scary shit that happens. It's true. Yeah. It's true. There's a couple of people when they're coming back too. They shake and quiver, and you're not sure if they're having a seizure, and mm-hmm. they very well could be because that's one of the potential dangers of this. And, right. Um, and if they are, that could be a terrible thing. It could be a completely normal thing. It's really mm-hmm. hard to tell until after they've come back and are able to talk to you again. Uh, assuming so... they even know if it's normal for them. Oh my gosh. So why the hell do we do this? Because <laughs> it's hot. Because yeah. it's hot and because it's fun. Yep. And because, you know, I teach this class mm-hmm. before I do this to anyone that I play with. So that they are all aware of these dangers. And right. If they still know that first half of my class where I spend over half an hour telling them how many ways they can die, mm-hmm. and they still want to do it, then, yeah, let's go for it. Right, right. So, oh my gosh. So, to me, um, my thought is, is I like all my actions to be consensual. Mm-hmm. And they can't be consensual if I don't have the knowledge. Yes. And having the knowledge is part of my responsibility. So finding people that teaches classes and gives the knowledge and things like that. Very powerful. So any last words of wisdom from the Monkey King when it comes to breath play? Be careful. Mm-hmm. Be aware of any sudden changes. Um if things don't feel right afterwards, go see a doctor. Okay. If things don't feel right during, call a doctor. Right. Don't hesitate where this is concerned. Um, if things are not okay, get an ambulance. This is not something to screw around with. Good words of wisdom. Thank you very much, Monkey King. Thank you. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us the third Friday of each month. Does my sexy voice make you laugh? Is that what that is? I love it. Are you laughing at me? No, no. Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish Foreplay Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 p.m. with party immediately following. You can also catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at Porter's Pub in Columbus, Ohio, the fourth Friday of every month. (laughs) The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at the room at the Columbus Insight Center. If you're on the RSVP list. Follow us at Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. 
You can also follow both Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.